We start with an update from Orange County Schools. They put out a release just a little bit ago notifying parents and students that there will be a three-hour delay to the start of school tomorrow. As we are supposed to be down in the teens, uh, I described it as dangerously cold temperatures, so that makes sense, especially for districts that serve a lot of rural students that might be out waiting for a bus for a while. So three-hour delay from Orange County Schools. As of this time, we do not anticipate any delay from Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools and still waiting to hear a word from Chatham County. But again, Orange County Schools, three-hour delay tomorrow due to the cold weather overnight. Looking to local government now, the Durham City Council met this morning to choose a new city council member to fill the vacancy created by Leonardo Williams when he was elected mayor, and they chose Chelsea Cook who has spent the last four years with Legal Aid of North Carolina's Durham Eviction Diversion Program. They'll be sworn in tonight at 7 o'clock at the meeting. Carborough Town Council meets tonight at 7 as well. They will discuss recommendations from the Community Safety Task Force. Chatham County Commissioners meet at 6. They'll hear about a proposed regional water treatment facility in New Hope Township. We just had a conversation with Karen Howard about that. And I'm in the process of posting that on chapelboro.com if you'd like to check that out. Chatham County School Board also meets tonight at 6, and they will consider a proposed site for new schools in Chatham Park. You can find links to those agendas at the uh, news article on chapelboro.com. Also, a link to the agenda for the Orange County Commissioners, who are scheduled to meet tonight for the first time in 2024. One item they expect to discuss is capital needs for the county including for the school districts. Chair of the Orange County Commissioners, James Etta Bedford, talked with me last week about the school's needs and the possibility of a bond referendum in November. Here's what she had to say. We didn't get to it in our December meeting, but we have, we're looking at a bond referendum in, in November. And I don't know if schools will be a part of it, county facilities, much more detail. Not sure yet. We were supposed to talk about that just big picture, like, well, how much of a bond? We were planning $130 million for schools. That was it. But um, the report came in, and it's like anywhere from five, half a billion to a billion dollars. I mean, if we did everything beautifully, it would be a billion dollars. That's not possible. You know, half a billion, half a billion, $500 million, our whole entire budget's $279 million. So we have to have discussions about, well, how much of the county and how much of the schools can we do? So that'll be big. Chair of the Orange County Commissioners, James Etta Bedford, speaking there. You can find that full conversation in the News on the Hill section of chapelboro.com. Over the weekend, Triangle Business Journal reported that the I-40 widening project through Orange County is now set to be completed in the summer of 2026. Projects in the process of widening a nearly 11.5-mile stretch of I-40 from four lanes to six lanes and that extends between I-85 and the Durham County line. Project was originally slated to wrap up in 2025, but COVID-related supply issues have created various delays, and they're now expecting a summer 2026 completion. Quick bit of state news now. Another legal ruling in favor of Governor Cooper in his bid to keep appointment power with the governor's office for several state boards and commissions. A couple different state laws passed by the General Assembly moves that power over to the legislature. It will stay with the governor for now as those legal proceedings continue. Back locally in the schools, cleanup continues at Sewell Elementary School after a small overnight fire last week. 
left a smoke smell permeating some of the educational areas such that they had to find new spaces for those kids to learn. And those plans will continue through the next couple of weeks. Drop-off continues to be the same. If your kids go to Sewell Elementary School, that's where you drop them off and pick them up. You can visit chapelboro.com to see a video of that cleanup process at Sewell Elementary School. Time now for sports, and we start the sports conversation by talking about that very Hubert Davis's men's basketball team as they had a dominant victory over the weekend. They absolutely dismantled Syracuse and got everybody biscuits in the process. 103-67 to was the final on Saturday, and that outstanding outcome lifts the Tar Heels up to number four in the AP rankings, all the way up to third in the nation in the coaches' poll. R.J. Davis led the scoring with 22. Tar Heels got a very even uh, distribution of contribution. Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram both checking in with double-doubles. Then bench players Jalen Washington and Jalen Withers both got into double figures in scoring and limited action off the bench. But it was mostly about the D. UNC held their fifth straight opponent under 40% shooting. And Coach Hubert Davis is liking what he's seeing on the defensive side of the basketball. The guys now are being able to see the benefit of it. You know, you could talk about it. You know, we we need to do this defensively. We need to rebound. But once you do that and you see the benefit as a team and individually, like more playing time, I think guys are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is, this is nice. I like defense. I like to rebound and box out. And so I think that trust on the defensive end is is building. And one of the things that I always tell them, I showed them a clip at the beginning of the season and it was Kevin Garnett and he was talking about defense and he says, I'm, I'm only in the place where I was supposed to be because I knew my teammate was gonna be where he was supposed to be. And I said, that's the type of trust we need to have out there on the floor, specifically on the defensive end. Hubert Davis speaking there. UNC is now 5-0 and in ACC play. And they'll look to stay unbeaten tomorrow night when they host Louisville at 9 p.m. Tar Heel women's team got a pretty big win over the weekend as well. They beat UVA 81-68 on Sunday. And the stat stuffer in that one, Deja Kelly with 27 points. Alyssa Utsby getting up there, 216 points, and she collected 12 boards as well for a double-double. Carolina was also celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 1994 championship team, replete with throwback 1994 jerseys. Even though they got that big win, they also dropped one to a ranked Florida State team earlier in the week, and that resulted in them falling three spots in the rankings to number 23. Up next, they'll be on the road on Thursday in Atlanta to face Georgia Tech. Other UNC sports in action over the weekend. Wrestling team had a bit of a rough go of it against some Ivy League opponents. They lost to Penn and Harvard. They did beat Brown. Carolina women's gymnastics had a tough go, too. They were in a quad meet against Arizona, Boise, and Nebraska. They ended up fourth. Women's tennis team, not surprisingly, cruised in their season opener. They beat Elon and Campbell. Football team has landed another incoming transfer via the portal. Senior offensive lineman Zach Greenberg from Muhlenberg College, which is a Division III school in Pennsylvania. And we also had six Tar Heel women's soccer players get chosen in the professional draft on Friday. Allie Sintner going number one overall to Utah. Savvy King number two overall to Bay FC. 
So got some legal news for UNC now as the ACC is facing a lawsuit from Florida State University. They want to get out of their grant of rights agreement in an effort to leave the conference without paying hundreds of millions of dollars in the process. That's a move that would have huge repercussions for UNC and the rest of the conference if it happens. What does the law actually say? We recently spoke with longtime sports commentator and attorney David Glenn about that very topic. Here's what he had to say. I think Florida State is accurate when it says that the former ACC commissioner, John Swafford, negotiated a below-market TV deal. But you don't win a lawsuit simply because your commissioner or your member schools miscalculated the value of your TV rights. It is not a winning legal argument to say, we forecast incorrectly. I mean, they've even argued bad faith against the ACC. That is a really hard thing to prove, and I think the Seminoles will lose that aspect of their lawsuit. Bad faith does not mean you miscalculated. Bad faith doesn't mean, oh, we should have gotten more money for our TV rights with the benefit of hindsight. Bad faith means people were out to do you wrong on purpose. And that's the ACC. I mean, unless there's some smoking gun evidence out there that nobody's ever seen or heard of, the ACC is not guilty of bad faith when it comes to its actions on behalf of the Seminoles, period. That's a losing part of the FSU lawsuit, and I'd be confident in saying that. David Glenn there. You can read a transcript of that full conversation and listen back on our website, chapelboro.com.